We all should know what hops taste like, right? Uh, well, if you don't, the best way to find out is probably grab a couple double IPAs and come back and listen to this episode. Now, that said, this episode is not just for the hophead. This is a science episode. For those who want to learn about the world of hops, one of the four fundamental ingredients to any beer, and we will then discuss how hops are grown, the chemical components of a hop flower, and the process a hop goes through to turn your beer into a piney, resinous, citrusy, floral, minty, earthy, and most importantly, bitter beverage. So come in and have a drink. to have a drink to show where you learn along with us about the what we what you drink damn it going back to it <laughs> i know i'm Brittany lee walker it's... i'm justin frazier and the doc was correct <laughs> i i wasn't I'm even looking at it walker and i'm casey price <laughs> uh it's okay it's like two damn years it. of muscle memory trying to unlearn so it, it really is because i was like oh anyway da 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 show intro i didn't even look at the damn doc <laughs> roll right into that she she admits it now wholeheartedly well, because I, I thought I had it memorized, but apparently not. <laughs> you had a version memorized. Mm. <sighs> How's everybody doing? I well. am really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out getting up early and drinking all day really takes it out of you. Mm. Really? It does. It really tuckers you out? It does. Even after a yeah, nap. Did you need to, do you need to wake up tomorrow morning and just sit down and watch DuckTales? No, oh, I wish we could. There's, yeah, we watched no the whole more. thing already. You, you say that again. like you can't rewatch it. I mean, well, we could. <laughs> I want new episodes, though. I know. I, I want the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. All right. So you were drinking today? Where at? Whereabouts? Okay, so <laughs> in the exploding uh, Cincinnati craft scene, I know a lot of you aren't in this scene, but we are all, we are quickly approaching 50 breweries. And there were five package releases today alone. I made it to two of Dang. them. Still, mm. two's not bad. Uh, made it to Urban Artifacts because it was a super limited batch. And stopped by Braxton Labs. I don't know why I spaced mm-hmm. out. Uh, to get the uh, bourbon, I don't think they say bourbon barrel. It's like whiskey barrel aged oatmeal stout. Oh, yeah. Well, probably because they couldn't get actual bourbon. Well, they can now. Um, well, they've got a partnership with New Rift Distilling. Maybe in their initial recipe they didn't, and that's why they... Anyway, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Pay no attention to me. Pay no attention to the man with the hat. Well, has New Rift actually put out a bourbon yet? Uh, they've got their first stuff. It's already hit bottles because all of Dark Charge... Uh, was aged in new rift barrels. 
That was one of the big ad pushes. So hmm. there are yeah, indeed think, barrels. Uh, it may be um, at this point. It may be rye stuff. It may yeah, their first rye stuff's rye instead of bourbon whiskey. Oh, because that can be aged a little bit shorter and still be, you know, straight rye or whatever. Hmm. See. All right. Uh, Casey, anything interesting happening in your neck of the woods? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I've been off of the diet as it is for the past few days, so I've been drinking a whole lot more beer than what uh, it's hard. What you normally? What's that? <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, like I tried to do the so, cutting sugar thing, and it's not working out very well at all. <laughs> yeah, we were talking uh, in in the uh, Discord about some various other. Um, uh, diet options, you know, slow carb and things like. I'm like, I really like the idea of a cheat day. I'm totally on board with this. But uh, we went out last night and uh, went out to eat at one of the little restaurants here in town, and we sat down. And first off, they they do a, uh, a kind of like a, a fake version of the bang bang shrimp from mm. uh, what bonefish? should we call it? Bonefish, yes, bonefish grills, bang bang shrimp. So we get in there and. The place isn't busy, but they're like, it'll be a 15-minute wait, which is already a, a bad sign. And then we sit down, we have our... <laughs> it's a sign they're understaffed. Yeah. Um, and then we... Friday night, like, they even have a live band in the back, and, and still... I'm like, really, guys? Um, and with, a, I think, a Kentucky game last night? So... Mm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm betting call-ins, then. Flu's yeah. going around. <laughs> yeah. Probably, then. You don't want... You do not want your server to have the flu. No. No, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, so, but when we get our meal, the, the bang, bang shrimp, the shrimp's still raw in the middle oh oh. My God. And, oh. and like, I, I picked it up, it's dark in there. So I had to like turn on my, my phone flashlight, look at it. I'm like, that isn't dumb, right? That's, that's still translucent talking to my wife, Ashley. And, and sure enough. Yeah. So we, we call the waitress over and we say, you know, is this supposed to be cold? And she says, yeah, I think it's supposed to be cold. And I'm like, no, it isn't. No. Like I was just trying to be nice yeah. at that point. Um, oh and God. so they, they take care of everything on that end. And then I'm like, okay, the first beer I get is Braxton. They're distributing Braxton on tap down here. So I was able Holy to get a Braxton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was able to get a Braxton. But the second one, I'm like, I want something hoppy. I want something big. You know, if you're going to go off a diet, go big, right? Yeah. So um, she comes back with a, uh, I say, give me the hoppy if you got a double IPA. And I remember going in there. They had some stuff from, um, they had like three handles from Ryan Guys. So I knew that they had. Some, yeah. some, some hoppy stuff. And so she brings me, uh, I think it was a pillow, because it had a lot of hop aroma, but no hop bitterness whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, what what is this? I don't know. I just add. I'm like, okay. All right, that's fine. I wanted to check off on I wanted to, like, for the few times I actually get to drink beer, I wanted to check it off in my app, and I couldn't, because I didn't know what, what the, the handles were for the day. Oh, my gosh. She's like, I don't know. I just grabbed one and poured it. I just work here. Like, <laughs> I just work here, you know? Yeah. I don't Oh my goodness! Upsetting. Uh, it's fun though. Good experience. Yeah. All I'm all I'm thinking of now is like the times that I just wanted to walk to the walk with the server to the table. Go. All right. Let me explain to you the cocktail that you've got in front of you. <laughs> By the way, the new Modern Rogue is up with another cocktail episode, and I got excited because I was like, all right. We did not see. There's any a. Like it's a scotch cocktail. There's like oh. two to three of those I could think of, and that wasn't on the list. So I was like, so all right. Uh, is this one the blood, blood and sand? sand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, oh was one of us going to have this for the uh, n- our episode here in a few weeks? Apparently, mm. Scotch. <laughs> episode? 
Oh, she's got scotch. No, I'm going to drink straight scotch because I'm not a war criminal. Okay. <laughs> I don't blame However, you. I, we need to do more cocktail episodes. That's as I was watching yeah. that. I'm like, I miss making drinks. I so, don't miss. I don't miss doing it for money. I miss just making drinks. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I guess it's not. It may be a little early, but you, you know, if you do have a episode idea like cocktails or have a specific area of cocktails that you would be interested in, um, if you're on the Discord, you can go into the show suggestions page there, and you mm-hmm. can kind of click on that and, and give some suggestions there. I think we were talking a little bit about some yeah, that's, coffee episodes. That's our patrons' episodes. options. You could also just get emails. Yep. So Yeah, or if you wanted to email us at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, you could go ahead and, and make a suggestion there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I think that's probably got enough stuff. I think... We got we got a lot of hops to talk about. Banter covered. Let's talk about Untapped real quick. <laughs> Check. Get riggedy riggedy wrecked. In the movie sounds or Get riggedy riggedy wrecked. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Flip so nice, but used it twice. She's, <laughs> she's into it this week. Yeah. Getting riggedy wrecked. Mm. All right. Well, you know, we played it twice because we have two to talk about. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what I was going with. Go oh, yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, we're in. I was ex- <laughs> my brother was like, that doesn't sound like our news bumper at all. Oh, we're in untapped. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, first up, we've got the Nugget Nectar First Squeeze with an exclamation point. Squeeze. Uh, Nugget Nectar, an explosion of mango, creamsicle, and pine, has made its annual return to shelves and uh, to taps and shelves near you. Possible to forget your first squeeze, how it left you wanting more. Uh, now is your chance. Don't miss out. Uh, enjoy this bright spot of dead winter and unlock the new ba- uh, unlock a brand new badge. Check into one Nugget Nectar from Trogs. Trogs, yeah. Trogs. There's an umlaut. I swear I will never be able to pr- pronounce an umlaut in my head. It just I look at it and go, I don't know. Something from a metal album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Breaks. Way to talk uh, to but, a distributor to find out how to say it. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, but from Trogs between January 8th and February 8th. Uh, so, still got a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, and the get the first squeeze badge. I saw some of this today. Uh, when I went shopping for beer. Oh, and it's went, out in Lexington. I think so. Oh, it's I'm pretty delicious. sure I saw it. We have some because, a few cans, I think. Yeah, and I was looking at it like, oh, maybe I want to grab this, and I kind of look at it, and it goes, and I was like, mango, and I go, you go back on the shelf. <laughs> you don't like mango? Not really. Oh. Mango. <laughs> you say that like it's a like. Yeah. Oh, how sad for you. No. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I I, I like mango, so it is sad I, uh, for you. <laughs> I live a very happy, independent life of mango. We go our separate ways, and you know we, we respect that about each other. The uh, I can understand that. The uh, the brewery, however, is uh, actually hiring a vice president or no not a vice president they just promoted vice president they're hiring a head of national account sales oh all right now there you go yeah trog is which one of us is getting that job yeah exactly indeed Mm. cool perhaps the person most experienced with sales anyway um (laughs) so uh second up for untapped i wouldn't go back into that world right now (laughs) for sure yeah no let's let's wait until the news section and then we can talk a little bit more about that fair enough yeah spoilers spoilers um (laughs) echoes uh the so we've got a core badge update for untapped which i feel like we haven't had for a bit 
Um, but so these are uh, these are the ones that you can vote on. On I feel like we just had one. Really? Well, this was these one of the are, last things we these did. These are these are to be voted on. Gotcha. We we put it on hiatus. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So some of these look. Eh. What the one? What the one with the flight looks fun. Anyway, so there's Tower of Beer, which is check into five different beers from a brewery from England. Uh, I don't know why it's okay. Sure. Um, oh, Tower of London, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, but the the picture is just like oh, here's the bridge and yeah, and it's a, it's not it's a weird way to go with the naming, but sure. Um, and of course these are all level to a hundred, just like most of the core badges are. Um. There's Taster Please, which I actually like the name of. Uh, check into five beers with the serving style of Taster, because you can pick the serving style and untap in case anybody didn't know that. There's a lot of different options now when you check in, so it's very That's easy to miss that. From back in the old days, where we had to yeah. check into our untaps via, uh, via stone and chisel. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> um, also, tripping on TIPAs, triple IPAs. Uh, check into, I assume that's what that means. Check into yeah. five different beers with the style of IPA triple. Um, which one? Oh, is that the top left one there? Okay. Um, um and then, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming it's the one with three hot codes. Yeah. Yes. Ah, no, that makes more sense. Yes, sir. Correct. Okay. Uh, Flandiddly Anders. Check into five different beers with the style of sour Flanders, Oudbruin, or sour Flanders red ale. Did we finally get the 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 a version of the Ned Flanders joke into Untapped. We did. Yeah, we did. <sighs> it's been a long time coming, guys. And then uh, good finally, job. good job. Everyone, that, that's good job. Everyone, go home. We did <laughs> high fives, high fives all around. Well done. Yes. Um, so finally, Caskville. Check into five beers with the serving style of cask. That one's going to be, I feel like, a little more difficult. To it's achieve. hard to find casks in places. The yeah. pub. That's literally, I think, the only place they, around that I know. Actually, they closed that down here. <laughs> yeah. Did they? Yeah. Mm. Scratch uh, we, that then. When we get to announcements, we'll talk about a place where you can get some cask pours, and Ooh. we will. That's very like specific to we a will certain area. All four <laughs> be at a place that almost exclusively does casks. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Uh, what? All right. Exclusively does crappy beer. What? <laughs> I know all the all the English listeners are going to, you know, the camera fans. Okay. All right. So I guess we're just in the news. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. All right. Tons of fun, awesome news for everybody. Oh my! I've been so pumped for the news. Green I, flash. I, are you, <laughs> man? You. You may be a sociopath. First story, Green yeah. Flash pulls distribution from 32 states, eliminates 15% of workforce. Uh, now, now I'm sad. I'm sad now. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that much of stuff from Green Flash that ever really... No. That's why they're pulling from 32 states. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, they never really impressed me. So Only they, 31. This is not that impressive. I mean, this is not that, like, surprising to me. Okay, so they were here story... before most craft breweries were distributing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's an editor's note. Uh, since I had picked this article, it has changed slightly. After publishing the story, Green Flash made the decision to maintain distribution in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Uh, you oh, good. 
<clears throat> so only 31, 31 states. So facing increased competition from more than 6,000 U.S. craft breweries, Green Flash Brewing today announced plans to pull distribution from 32 states, 31 states, and a move that will also include a 15% reduction of its workforce. Speaking, oh. yeah, uh, speaking with Brewbound, which is where we pulled this article, Green Flash co-founder Mike Hinkley, Hinkley said uh, the 15-year-old San Diego headquarter craft brewery had initially built a 50-state footprint with aspirations of being a heritage brand, but as thousands of startup breweries opened their doors and chipped into Green Flash sales, the company was forced to alter its strategy. I mean, we saw the same thing last year out of Stone, who had to do this exact same thing. I don't think they pulled, uh, pulled I don't back think Stone, distribution. Yeah, they didn't affect their distribution, but they did lay off about 50, you know, 15% or so of their workforce. Oh, yeah, so Smoke, we were talking about... Uh, there in the chat, uh, we we're talking about the green flash layoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean their beers are amazing, uh, but it's just the competition. The market is shifting right now. Uh, so, continuing their quotes, uh, we were doing pretty well uh, close to the breweries, and in some strategic markets, we had some strongholds. But we had a lot of territory that was in pretty steady decline. He said, uh, rather than to continue the fight, continue to fight that battle, we took the resources. Uh, from out there and brought them all into a small territory as much as we could anyway. <laughs> so here's here's a complaint from a business standpoint that I could have about uh, I could have about uh, Green Flash. They are one of the least remarkable bottles on the shelf. Yeah. They no, changed they... their labeling uh, two years ago. It wasn't even that long ago, and the new labeling kind of sucks. It will make it look like a, a bought up brewery, not not a it traditional. It makes it craft. look like it makes it look like something I printed off and just slapped onto a bottle of beer I made. Like I don't so, know. I I feel like some, some breweries really just don't. Oh god, because there's there's a local one for us that just looks awful. Like it looks like one of those ones that uh, AB and Bev makes up. You know, like, to, yeah. but they they didn't really think about the marketing or the branding, and like it just the the label looks so bad, and I feel like I, I, some breweries are just not thinking about how important that is. Well, they're they're overthinking it, and that's the problem. They'll hire in these twenty somethings. Not, I mean, yeah, I'm a year out of that, so <laughs> they'll hire in these. No, no, no. You start complaining about those kids with their hippity hop and their baggity pants. <laughs> <laughs> come in from a marketing company and it's they they take a poll of what what they think people want now they haven't got the same amount of money that Budweiser does um, to come in and say okay let's do some tests and see which one gets picked up off the shelf best you know we'll put it in mm -hmm. test markets and see what happens they just make a change and there it is um, but it's it's people that aren't I don't know it's people that aren't really connected to the brewing process that are making these marketing decisions on look and feel of the product and and it's what's inside the bottle that matters most right yeah but what what's going to cause these people to think that something is authentic to think that this is really coming from a brewery that they are behind it's the story that is more than just what's on the shelf it's people talking about it it's news stories it's going to the brewery and visiting. Um, which is something that Green Flash really hasn't had a lot of in the past four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, also saying this year. I don't think it's for cost cutting. I think it's because they weren't selling, as we were just talking just, about. Yeah, um, 
in 2018, they're saying Green Flash also cutting bombers. No more 22 ounces. Ooh. So, yeah, that's one depressing story. So let's bring the mood up a little bit. Mm. Bell's Brewery loses trademark dispute with North Carolina Brewery. Look at, I feel like everyone I, was waiting for us to get to this story. That giant <laughs> grin on Casey's face. Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan. He's, he's never been so happy. Kalamazoo, wish... Michigan. A North Carolina brewery may register its name and branding following a federal trademark court's decision that shoots down opposition from Kalamazoo-based Bell's Brewery. I was I was there at Casey's wedding day. <laughs> he didn't look nearly as happy as he did when he found out this news. Innovation uh, Innovation Brewing Company of Jackson County, North Carolina, is clear to register its name and branding after the Appeals Board of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office dismissed a complaint from Bells that the microbrewery's name is too close, too close, too close, <laughs> too, close. <laughs> to, too, too close, to two of Bell's marketing phrases. Those are inspired brewing and bottling innovation since 1985. In a legal complaint that was filed in 2014, wow, they've had they haven't been able to register since 20. Holy crap! No, he's yeah. This is I forgot how long it had been, but you said 2014. I was like, that sounds about right. It's one of our first shows, I think. Whenever we were talking about this, um, no, it was before we ever did shows because you, 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 you've been complaining about bells for a while. <laughs> wow. Since yeah. 2014, bells claim that the similarity of those. Markings and innovation brewing is likely to cause confusion and mistake and to deceive and mislead consumers into the believing that innovation brewing's beverages originated. Oh, that's are sponsored by and licensed from or are jointly owned by otherwise. That is just a big garbage it's, legalese. It's legalese. It's legalese. And I hate it. <laughs> Basically. The judges came down and said, "No, you're crazy. This isn't. This isn't. Some, nobody's going to confuse Bell's with Innovation Brewing. They're not going to think that you two are the same company and that these beers are made by you." Um, some people would would claim on one end that you know Innovation Brewing, since they are small and Bell's is the size that it is, you know, it may be the other way around. <laughs> um, who's getting the short end of that stick? But um, it's it's not. This is something that whenever we first talked about this story, that was one of my main complaints is it doesn't it's not close. If somebody else down if the same brewery was wanting to call their beer Kalamazoo's Bells or the Bell's Best beer or something like that, then, yeah, that's definitely going to be confused. But by saying, hey, this small slogan that you all have about your the way you do business, that's ridiculous. So they are going on here. A call left Friday with Bell's president, Laura S. Bell, uh, was not immediately returned. In a written response, the company stated, We respect the trademark office's decision and look forward to continue doing business as usual. Well, duh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, Casey, how about uh, Gong Brewing? Gong. Uh, gong Brewing. Oh, uh, instead of. Uh, innovated, innovated. Gong Innovated Brewing. No, that'd no. be a name. Okay. No, you're you're. I'm looking through synonyms on, on there for oh. bell. Oh no, yeah, you could you could definitely like handbells would be a no probably, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if anybody wants to sue on this, 
Braxton should go look at Innovation Brewing and look at Braxton because the cog logo is more oh yeah close than <laughs> don't draw attention. <laughs> so they're saying Sorry. in past communications, Laura Bell has said Bell's was not asking Innovation Brewing to change its name or logo, and it was not suing that company. The complaint via the trademark office was not a lawsuit. Was the was from them? That's what they said. We are not suing them. We have not asked them for money. She stated in a March 2015 comment on M. Yeah, I, my thought on that is, I wonder how something gets before a court without being a lawsuit. Yeah, mm. uh, it, it is. It may not be you suing the small company for money, but you are suing the small company to keep them from creating a brand and a business. Well, actually, to keep them from registering their brand and their business. They've been using this business name for a long time. Um, years, I think, at that point. Two years at that point, I think. Uh, but, yeah. <sighs> All right. I'm, I'm glad this happened. I'm glad <laughs> I've been vindicated on, on my thoughts. Casey is vindicated. He is he is pleased. The The grin will not be wiped from his face until, <laughs> until we move to this next story. Uh, Smutty <laughs> Nose Brewing Company to be sold at auction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so somebody knows where I'm going to start making soundboards of all the predictions that I make. So whenever <laughs> I get one right, I'm just going to click over Bing. and hit the button. Be like, yep. So, this is what I said back two years ago. Somebody knows brewing company, which bills itself as New Hampshire's top craft brewery is seeking an immediate buyer. The company is scheduled to be sold at bank auction. March 9th founded in 1994. The company employs 68 people and generates more than $10 million in revenue a year. It says, the sale includes the Smutty Nose brand, its LEED gold certified facility on the historic Towley Tow Farm in Hampton and Hayseed Restaurant located next to the brewery. It's 13-acre campus. Uh, the brewery is capable of producing 75,000 barrels a year, according to the company. However, in the last year, it has been running at 50% capacity. That is no bueno. Ooh, no. Uh, Somebody knows owner Peter Eggleston said uh, the company's financial models were based on 20 years of consistent growth, but mm. the explosion of microbreweries has led to changing dynamics in the marketplace. This dramatic shift occurred just as Somebody knows committed to a major infrastructure investment with the construction of the new production facility. As the turmoil in the marketplace stabilizes, Smutty Nose, a trusted brand with a strong consumer loyalty, can regain its footing with a major infusion of capital. You gotta weather that storm. Go back and listen to that New Year's episode. We talked about these medium-sized regional breweries being the ones that are going to get hit hardest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're. I don't know. Just the idea, like well, our plans were based on twenty years of consistent growth. Yeah, that's that seems really optimistic to me. So that I mean, again, yeah. calling back to it, that's kind of what Stone Stone all their projections were based on the past 20 years of just explosive growth. And it wasn't even like losing footing. Like as soon as they just slowed, they didn't yeah. know what to do. It wasn't even that they had a bad year. They had a bad year in growth because yeah. that's what the industry is seeing overall, because there's so many smaller local breweries opening up and not many people are, you know, clamoring out to get the new stone release. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you, you, you hire six months ahead of Salesforce that's going to be trained and ready to go you know, you put them in the same cars with, with their partner that's teaching them the ropes so that they're trained and ready to go six months down the road whenever your brewery needs an additional salesperson. 
they're ready to go and you don't have to wait. And these breweries are thinking, okay, I'm going to train sales folks. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and put in an order for my hops because you got to do this a year ahead of time. I put in my order and we're going to plan 20% growth. And so we've, we've got to buy 20% extra hops for this next year. Um, and so then we're also going to go ahead and put in an order for kettles or not necessarily kettles, but for fermenters that are going to have to be shipped in from overseas where they're, where they're put together. We've got to put that order in nine months ahead of time. And then here comes all these bills due at the same time and no extra growth to help pay for it. Yeah. So nice. what, what can they cut out of that equation? They can cut out that sales guy. They can cut out, um, all these various different things that they've got paying for over over this long period you've got uh, maybe even some of these breweries may have even done some of the the housing bubble stuff and and put it on increasing interest payments thinking okay by the time this comes around i can just go ahead and pay it off so you never know what's what's going on with some of these smaller regional breweries yeah i mean that's about going back to that uh, green flash story that's what they said it was on the administrative side that the cuts happened so the people yep. working working the floor didn't lose jobs the people in offices mm. lost jobs yeah they're, they're they're the easiest to you don't make money i mean they're they're some of the largest portion of what you have and you're not making a ton of money off of those positions and not for those folks that do work office jobs you do but it's not you don't have to have somebody in your marketing office for the next six months in order to put caps on beer bottles uh yeah. you do have to have somebody on the line to make sure that you know those those things get done there's just some i don't know blue collar part of my brain that goes like yeah they didn't cut anyone from the from the line good <laughs> good because that's the those are the last people that need to be losing jobs well those jobs but, are harder to transfer the skills to another yeah industry yeah exactly like so i was just kind of like okay but if i also stopped and i was like it's still a sh it's yeah but in my head i was like it's still a shame someone lost their job but sure. It's better than how it looked in my head, which is like, like well, I'm sorry. I'm going to take you off the line. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, and that's good. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of uh, when and what breweries do it and, and to what extent. But, yeah. yeah. That's it. I, I will point out that if well, somebody knows it's maybe not the best example since they're going to auction. But, uh, by the way, I think we can get them for a buck fifty. Um, so the deposit, I've got the actual, the auction page pulled oh. up here. Um, the, the auction will happen on March 9th at 2 PM at 105 Tal Farm Road in Hampton, New Hampshire, operating 32,000 square foot brewery mm -hmm. built in 2013 with Crohn's and Stein, Steinecker, hundred hectoliter brew house. Okay. Uh, 250. With a restaurant uh, attached, um, retrofitted 2014, and a 14-acre <sighs> industrial zone. In addition to that, the terms are that you have to, upon bidding, you have to put down a $250,000 deposit in cash, certified check, or bank check, and closing in 55 days. Purchase price paid in cash or check by wire transfer. 350 is my final offer. They're going to need about tree fitting. Tree fitting? Uh, auctioneer's note says Smuddy Nose continues to produce product and plans to up until the day of closing. Wow. Uh, but, you know, in the case of, like, 
you know, Green Flash having layoffs and trying to, you know, scale back. That's that actually feels like it's a good idea to keep their company afloat and to figure out how to redo things. This oh, yeah. is this is well, we didn't make we didn't make any of the right corrections before it was too late. Oh yeah, they no, they they put themselves so deep in a hole that they were looking for the ever blowing up market to dig them out of it. Yeah. And then suddenly well, that market wasn't Bubbles never bubbles never burst and the market never goes down. It goes back to the same thing we've said over and over again. Some of the best brewers are some of the worst business people. <laughs> and so you need a combination of both in order to make it in this industry. All right. So uh, let's let's bring the mood up a little, Casey. Uh, I believe we have yeah. the National Hop Report here. Yep. Hop Report comes out every year um, at the end of the year. Uh, 2017 numbers are out. They came out December 19th from... Uh, the National Agricultural Statistics Service uh, Department inside the USDA. So, the hop of the union is strong. <laughs> the hop production for 2017 is up 20% from the year previous. Woo. Idaho, Oregon, and Washington in 2017 total record high 104 million pounds, which is up 20% from the 2016 crop where they got 87.1 million pounds. I can also tell you that um, according to uh, another, uh, one of the authors of the book that we cite heavily for today's podcast, he said that um, Michigan this year uh, is on schedule, or last year was on schedule to bust a million pounds of hops grown in Michigan. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it'll be, it, it'll be a good year for Michigan hops. Um, so 15, 16, 17 are the, the years that are listed here. United States, wise, we went from, uh, in 2015, we went from um, 78 million pounds to 104 million pounds. So even there, you're seeing a huge jump, probably, what is that, 22% jump? Hmm. No. I don't know. I did math all day at work. I refuse to do it off the clock. <laughs> um, the price per pound is also increasing. Which is cool. Greatly uh, in some places, the average, like in Oregon. Price per pound. Have, sorry, but they, they also had that, that, you know, they grew too much this year, didn't they? Well, was, people uh, are buying more, I guess. Um, and, well, and the, the price per pound, so it, it, we'll talk here about uh, something else here in just a second, the number of alpha assets per pound. So we'll go into that here in just a minute. But um, the yield was great. Yield per acre was uh, better than last year, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons that it increased. You had almost 2,000 pounds per acre um, that yeah. produced. So just great weather, great growing conditions is what caused probably most of the uh, increase that we saw this year. Um, the price per pound went from four or some $5.72 last year to $5.92, so a, a nice increase on the price there. Uh, meaning that the total value of the hop production this year is, and and make sure I want to make sure I've got this number right. It's six hundred seventeen million dollars. So over a half a billion dollars is what the um, the yeah six hundred eighteen million over half a billion dollars is what the the that's, hops that's um, were that. valued at this year. Just U.S. hops now. This is just the U.S. numbers. Um, from the yield per acre numbers, we can, well, actually not yield per acre. We want to look at a uh, variety of hops and the production of each variety. So what we're seeing is, um, there's a lot of Willamette or sorry, Zeus that's being produced. It's one of the, the biggest producers and we'll talk what the beer I'm drinking today has, uh, I mean, mythologically that, that holds true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you saw some of the most uh, production in that uh, category um, in in some various different uh, Idaho. That was that was the number one hop. Uh, Nugget was the number one hop in Oregon this year, and in Washington, the number one hop produced was or sorry, the best yield this year was Crystal. While I'm sorry, Cascade appears to be in Washington the number one hop produced. Um, okay. The number one. Uh, Every time I hear crystal, I'm just picturing crystal meth hop, though. So, Jesse, we have to cook hops. We have to, we have to brew with hops. I don't have, I don't see the alpha acid numbers, but I wish, I wish I had those in front of me. Um, we'll probably get to see the alpha acid percentage this year, but with Cascade being one of the top produced hops, uh, in addition, Citra almost doubled, oh, more than doubled this year. Um, in production in Idaho, it looks like. Um, Everybody wants that citra for those New Englands. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I bought in my Create Your Own today uh, one of those uh, uh, citra ass down. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, sure. maybe. So we see, we're seeing a lot of a lot of growth. Um, the Azaka hop uh, grew a little bit. Um, not a ton. So we had a little bit of growth in Azaka. Uh, we went from... 18, uh, yeah, so from from 506 acres planted to 578 acres planted of Azaka. So we may see probably about the same number of Azaka hop, um, Azaka hop beers this year as we did last year. Well, yeah. that's Azaka, always good. Azaka hop sounds like a new, a new musical movement. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it, it just feels right in my brain. Sure. Oh, sorry. The Azaka um, hop. So last thing here, uh, just the, the crop varieties that were um, highest were uh, in Oregon, Cascade, Centennial, Zeus, Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic uh, accounted for 54% of their, their production. In Idaho, Zeus, Cascade, Amarillo, Mosaic, Citra, Chinook were 69% of production, and Nugget, Cascade, Willamette, and Citra were 53% of Oregon's production. So you're going to see a lot more cit- a lot of Citra again, a lot of Mosaic, a lot of Simcoe. I was gonna say a nugget is kind of just that we're using it for like the uh, let's see which one is it it's is it the it's not is it the bittering hop or is it the the which which ones do you put at the end because uh, it's the opposite of that that's the your okay, flavor yeah so it's bittering is you what you put early on yeah. yes okay nugget right. uh, we'll go back to the book here uh, <laughs> nugget released by the USDA in 1983 to meet demand for high alpha hops remains a staple for Oregon farmers pleasant herbal aroma grown in Germany. Again, with a milder aroma for 20 years, but not much now. Storage is very good to excellent with 11 to 14% alpha acids. You what does that mean? Don't we'll know. Let's out. find out. Yeah. All right. That, that's the call. Let's find out. We're not that drunk. Seeking for ourselves. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. But we might actually be because we just skipped announcements we did uh well look when you have a segue that good <laughs> we'll come back for them look. yeah you know what actually that maybe that uh transitional music is is good enough to get into announcements first anyway because uh, maybe we will be that drunk for announcements i don't know um so our next episode is going to be saturday january 27th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, Live from Glorious 30. Wooden Cask Brewery in beautiful Burbank. I mean, 
Newport, Kentucky. <laughs> I was I was I stopped for a minute. I was like, twelve thirty. I thought we were doing it in the middle of the day. Oh wait, there's two of those per day. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're not not the Every morning day. one. Yeah. Um. So uh, that will feature a special guest from Cincy Brewcast, Gnarly Gnome, and uh, we're going to be talking about the history of Cincinnati Brewing. So it's going to be super local, and I'm sorry for those who aren't local <laughs> and who don't care. Well, I mean, it's it's Cincinnati's number four now on beer destinations. So. We are, and to clarify to Mbeam, yes, it is a party foul if you do not pinky out while drinking a fancy beer. I maintain only very sugary sweet beers. Like uh, if it's so if it's so uh, if it's so sweet, your pinky comes out by by instinct. That's although the way it goes. It's it's required, I think, for the utopias though. Well, I you're mean... just being fancy with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, also we wanted to remind everybody um, if you get value or entertainment from this show and would like to support it, we have a Patreon now. You can head over to Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show. And pledge your support. Uh, you can do a dollar a month, um, five dollars. Uh, either of those two will actually get you into our Discord, into the special patron-only stuff. You'll get patron-only RSS feed, patron-only channel in the Discord, and the five dollar a month actually has a. Um, they'll be part of our quarterly hangout with our patrons. So something to look Woo. forward to there. Um, and we will be adding more goals and things like that in the future. Or of them have been ideas. discussed recently. So we've, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to some of those. So, yeah, uh, again, there's going to be some discussions going on with uh, our patrons in the Discord in the bar, which is the patron-only area mm-hmm. of the Discord. And we're going to be talking about the future of the show, and that might come up to be our first quarterly hangout. Maybe we can talk to everyone then about it and get some opinions. Well, f- format changes. Not, yeah. Not yeah. future of the show that something horrible is going to happen. Patreon-only burping <laughs> contest. What, we can, what we can add on and, and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Um, and then, finally, we wanted to also say that, um, so, of course, this is st- streaming live right now on Twitch.tv. And um, we are just over halfway to our goal of Twitch affiliation. Follows mm-hmm. are free for that. So Woo! if you would like to do that, please go over to twitch.tv slash have a drink show. It's pretty much have a drink show on, on just about everything we're on. Uh, and then go over and just little click the little heart or click the plus follow and, and you're good to go. And that'll help us out in uh, getting to that goal. So that'd yeah. be awesome. Okay. All right. Now I, I think we have a topic. <laughs> I nope. was distracted by Nope. We're going to cut to the end. We... Oh, no. We are oh, uh, we are cat sitting the illustrious Momo for those in Diamond Club. <laughs> so we were, we were getting distracted. She was asleep on the couch, and now she's like, "Hi." She woke up. She <laughs> wants. I, I swear, I'm gonna get like a, like something that just snaps. Like, nope, focus right here. <laughs> Look at me. You may oh, need that. Yeah. So cute. You're outnumbered with cat people now. <sighs> I mean, we only Look, have her till Tuesday. Cats. They're just one not allowed in my apartment, and two, you know, the devil's animal. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so let's talk about hops. Let's start uh, tripping over these scientific words all we've been drinking. Yeah, let's sounds talk good. About hops, baby. Oh. Let's talk about bitter and. Nope, I got nothing else. <laughs> I should have really thought about a different we... song before I started that one. I was uh, surprised we didn't have like rapper's delight or something queued up that we could have used. I said a hip hop, a hip hop, hip, 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 h
Yep. Sure. Anyway, using hops is a bittering flavor, aroma, and <laughs> bittering flavor and aroma component in beer is not a new technique. It's uh, newer than beer, however. Before hops, uh, herbal concoctions called gruet was used to give beer its flavor and bitterness. I would be interested in trying that sometime. <laughs> I think you can still get I've seen it I, at Jungle Gems, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm curious, and I'd want to know more. Um, even today, uh, even today, some brews are made with bog myrtle, yarrow, and rosemary that show off this practice. <laughs> Screw it. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> however, since the mid 700s AD, oh, so soon, uh, hops were cultivated in the Hallertauer region of Germany, and uh, we can see that the mention, uh, mentions of this hop were used in brewing since. Oh, pardon. Uh, thank you for the backup. Uh, since uh, 1079 in that same era. The point in uh, history when hops began, hop users began to take off is when the Catholic Church started uh, levying taxes on the blend of gruet and herbs used to make beer, uh, which is typically how things change. There's a tax <laughs> on it, and we go, you know what? New thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, uh, we're going we're gonna to start making some money off this. Everyone's like, and we're doing something else. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um even uh, even some of today's confusion in these namings of malt beverages, uh, ales, or beer may stem from the archaic practice in England where the beverages are made from gruet uh, were called ale, and those made with hops were called beer. England, why well, you got to ruin everything? It's what they do. I mean, we inherited that title. We're good at it, too. <laughs> anyway, the hops we use in beer today are the uh, variety of uh, Humulus lupulus. Oh, lupulus. Yeah. Lupulus. Dr. House always told me it was never lupulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, they are grown on farms located mostly in Germany, the Northwest United States, China, and uh, the Czech Republic, and regions of the UK. Many regions around the world have developed hop plants that thrive there and taste differently based on the cl- climate. Uh, hops <laughs> are uh, grown on wire trellises? Okay, I don't know. I, I, sure. Uh, that are suspended uh, eight to twenty-seven, eighteen to twenty-seven feet in the air, and give hops something to uh, cling to as it climbs. The hops are a bine, spelled B-I-N-E, not recognized by uh, Google's spell check. <laughs> nope. I, I kept. Like, I was just doing a cursory earlier, just checking. I was like, oh, let's just do a little quick spelling thing, and I went. No, that is correct. Google just doesn't know it exists. Yeah, I had to go through, like, <laughs> add a dictionary, add a dictionary, add a dictionary. <laughs> uh, so it's not to be confused with a vine. Uh, you have to look closely to see the difference. A bind winds its way around the support like a helix, twisting the whole plant as it goes. This differs from a vine where the plant will grow and then send out additional small tendrils to grip onto support structures instead of the central stalk of the vine. I did not know any of this. This is very interesting, I, actually. I knew, I knew this, but I couldn't remember which one was which. I was like, one of them the, is a helix, and I... Yeah. When I went to uh, Budweiser, uh, I wanted to call out... I didn't want to be the douche nozzle, though, that did it. I wanted to call out the tour guy whenever he said hops grow on vines. I wanted to oh. be the guy to be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. You want to do the glasses thing? Well, actually, yeah. why, actually. why you need me? <laughs> I was born. My first words were, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that asshole. No, um, that's... 
again at uh, New Belgium, that was the great thing because he made this distinction when they brought us outside, and they're like, "Oh, we have some of our hop binds," and someone's like, "You mean vine? No bind." He's like, "It's with a B." And then, <laughs> like, and then he you just mean binds, and he just slaps them and goes, "No." <laughs> And then he just pulled down fistfuls of fresh citra hops because it was even harvest season. Mm. He's like, no, perfect time. Just dig your nose into these babies. And, yeah, we did. And everyone's just like, oh, God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hops are grown from early spring to late fall, like many things. Uh, Like everything. Do what? To like everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are an annual plant that comes back yearly from a perennial root uh, called rhizome. Rhizome. Yes. Oh. Rhizomes. Uh, that lives over winter underground. Hops of the same name are grown from cuttings of the original plant. Therefore, these plants are genetically identical. Ugh, pardon. <laughs> Hops also come in male and female varieties. Hop farmers uh, only cultivate female varieties because if the plants are allowed to reproduce sexually, uh, the yield the yield useful hop material is reduced and will most likely turn to seed. Sorry, I, I stopped there because I was like, something about this sentence doesn't make sense. Mm. Uh, anyway, hops need lots of water to grow, but they will mildew in humid climates. Uh, the plant grows best between the 35th and uh, 50th parallels, where uh, the growing seasons are longer. This Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere oh. also. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's... Yeah, uh, 35th to 50th, whichever side of the equator you are on. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. My brain is is thinking of something. Uh, I need to search Google. I need someone to vamp for time. The wheel's turning, but the hamster's dead. <laughs> it's pronounced At, uh, beer. Never mind. 38th parallel is what I was thinking of. Uh, uh, is this where... Korea yes. is right. That's the that's the border. Yes, north uh, and south of Korea. I don't. Did we talk? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the farms that that Korea actually grows. Well, let me rephrase this. North Korea claims it grows two thousand uh, acres of hops. North Korea also claims its people aren't starving, and I shouldn't yeah. laugh because that's actually really tragic. <sighs> It so, is, yeah. but it's actually really amazing that North and South Korea are going to be fielding a joint team in the Winter Olympics. Oh, that. Yeah, that's weird. That's interesting. And I believe it was Seth Myers who had the joke that was like, yes, uh, North Korea will be fielding a team for the new sport of the 400-meter defection. <laughs> <laughs> they will Not take to be gold. confused with uh, what most long-distance runners have, the 400-meter defecation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, oh. uh, back to non, non-sports, non-Korean issues. Mm. Uh, Pinky's out. Uh, maybe, maybe it still is. I don't know. Anyway, this is the reason you can have a particular growing regions in the world. Uh, a plant during prime conditions can grow up to a foot per day. Ooh. That is insane. That's mm-hmm. a level. Like you could actually sit there and drink a beer and watch that thing grow. Yes, yeah. that's crazy. There are people that that have claimed to be able to see the growth happen. Yeah, that'd be interesting, actually. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably it's get like pretty trash. One of those like uh, 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 time lapse things where you watch the plant like shift its position to the light, and <laughs> yeah, oh, that that would be trippy. I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah. So hops grow all seasons on these trellises. Oh, that's, that's me. Oh, fine. <laughs> I was like, why? Are you we are. I go after. Coded? 
I go after Bob. That's how this True. works. But you're green. I know I messed it up. Good lord. Okay, anyway. Just no, the, no, this go. whole episode is just changing stuff. Okay. Uh <laughs> hops are grown or hops grow all seasons on these trellises, training to the support system until they begin to form cones on the bine. You know, it's really going to mess me up to keep saying bine. It makes me feel like something's wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, these cones are technically unpollinated flowers. The best way to harvest the plant is to wait until the end of the growing season when the cones begin to dry out and the rhizome starts to absorb all the excess nutrients left in the bine of the plant. Traditionally, migrant workers would pick the hop cones by hand. The living conditions were as hard as the work was. Novelist and journalist George Orwell observed the conditions and noted in 1931, the ordinary hop picker's hut is worse than a stable. That sounds about right. So wait, um, Orwell was the one to report on this? Yeah, so he would he went and actually toured and, and went down and watched as, because the, what was it? It was, so we in the U.S. get a lot of our migrant workers from um, from Mexico and from some other um, countries further south with England, they would get migrant workers from some Mediterranean areas that were not as well off gypsy like uh, uh, bands that would come in and basically travel farm to farm and help pick the hops. It would take, you know, maybe a month to to pick all the hops and they move on and do whatever hops were one one time a year. Then the next thing would be, um, I don't know, carrots. They would go pick carrots or something. So um the conditions that these farmers would put them up in were extremely poor. And so Orwell went down and did a, I don't want to call it an expose, but he did a, uh, basically a, a news story um, hmm. of, because he was a news reporter as well. Um, uh, or a journalist, I guess, would be probably more of the, That's, yeah. the appropriate phrase. But yeah. Huh. See, this is all very interesting. All right. Um, <laughs> as technology improved, uh, the number of workers needed to harvest hops did also. In the 1920s, it took 100 workers 30 days to harvest 13 acres. Today, the same number of workers can harvest 750 acres in the same amount of time. Machinery specially designed for the job will cut down the whole trellis of binds and collect them. They bring the binds to a central location on the farm where another machine will pluck the individual hop cones off the bind and separate this flavorful flower from the rest of the plant. The, these hop cones are then sent to be dried in, a, in large kilns and packed into large bales. Um, these are traditional whole cone hops. The entire hop cone can be thrown into the boil to make beer. The hops most home brewers and brewers use today, however, are pelletized hops. Not for eating. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> just so just take eating. those pellets and shove them in your mouth and give them a good chew. Go ahead. Mm. Go, go, go ahead. Uh, the two fresh. of you that did it, tell us. Tell us how did that work out for you? Bad. <laughs> I, I've, my mouth is just finally rehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, fresh, uh, fresh hop beers are taken, so they're not really after they they get plucked off the the bind, they aren't kilned and they're taken directly to the place where they'll be thrown into the beer. Mm. They, they're not dried out, um, leaving more of a fresh flavor. Nice. I assume that's mm. so. When you see like, because some of the beers you'll see labeled as like fresh squeezed IPA or something like that. Is that what they were referring to? So fresh squeezed IPA isn't a fresh hopped beer, I don't believe. It is just it's supposed to taste like fresh squeezed lemonade. It's supposed to be a very lemony okay. uh, hop. Well, may, I, I mean, maybe not that wording yeah. specifically, but like the yep. you'll, you'll see some of them fresh, not using Yeah, pellets. there's fresh hopped okay. IPAs. Um, there are, for Sierra Nevada, 
since there are two hop harvests per year, you have a northern hemisphere and a southern hemisphere hop harvest. Um, Holy crap, you're right. They grow year-round. Yeah, so you'll have... Sorry, I didn't, didn't put that together. <laughs> Thank you. Now. Thank you, Round Earth. Thank you for giving us hops all year round. <laughs> uh, Sierra Nevada has a fresh hop beer that is a northern hemisphere version and a southern hemisphere version. Um, okay. I think it's the Celebration is, is one of their fresh hops, but... Oh, that makes sense. Uh, they have a, they at least one year they had a, a southern hemisphere version as well. Oh, can't remember what that was. That'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah, be yeah Sierra, Sierra Nevada's uh, celebration is a wet hop, mm. so wet okay. hop season is a delicious season. Mm. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, New Zealand hops are the some more of the southern hemisphere um, hops. But yeah, oh, that makes sense. Okay, um, so the whole hop is ground into a powder and pressed in a dye that extrudes small pellets that pack a more concentrated hop than whole cones. Um, pellet hops can uh, come in two main varieties. T90 pellets are pressed with all the vegetative matter still included. So one pound of pellets is about the same as one pound of cones. Are T- those the, the liquid pellets that replace the T80s? Or No, that's 9,008. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, T45 pellets, however, go through a process where the vegetative matter is separated and the hops flavor components are more concentrated um, you take out the green matter you leave behind the good stuff ah okay well, that makes sense. and basically i think it's about half 45 percent or something i think the the 90 percent means about 90 percent of the stuff is is left in the hop 45 means that you take out 55 percent of it 45 percent left behind it is is kind of the general i don't know if that's exact but i think that's the general way of thinking of it huh. um hops have more than 500 compounds and many that make them great for beer <laughs> They are hundreds of uh, there are hundreds of commercially available hops that each have unique qualities and most importantly compounds that make them different. The two main categories in beer are the acids and the oils. So first, let's talk about the acids. Woo! Yeah, finally now it's my segue in. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am used to going second. Okay, alpha acids are the critical T90x pellets. <laughs> those are the extreme pellets. God, so Can you imagine how Embiid those would taste? is killing it in our chat right now. I'm sorry. I had to, like, that was too yeah. good. Can you imagine Brew the taste of those? Ron. Like, don't oh. don't put the, the P90X ones in your mouth. Like, that's just awful. Oh. It tastes like sweat and hops. <laughs> All right. Alpha acids, Chris. Yes, alpha acids are the critical factor hop growers and beer brewers are focusing on. When they look to increase bitterness, uh, alpha acid contents range from 0% to over 23% of weight in commercially available varietals. The percent is the percent of the total dried weight of the hop. Alpha acids is a catch-all phrase that includes, okay, yeah, you got all the hard-to-say things, Casey. (laughs) Humulone, cohumulone, and adhumulone. Yeah, that's fine. They only had one hard thing to say and then just some prefixes. <laughs> <laughs> These compounds are also... I summarized. I summarized. I wanted to say... I can't even get the words out of my mouth. Never mind. I summarized when heated in a solution. The compounds are then uh, referred to as iso-alpha acids. Alpha acids themselves are not bitter. It, it is only when they have been changed by the heat that they take on a very bitter taste. So isomerization, and I, I am no, I'm no chemist. 
and <laughs> my background, I I got a C in chemistry and didn't go on to organic. But my understanding with isomerization, it is when the molecule changes shape, but not the atoms that are in it. So it, everything in that molecule is the same, but it changes shape. And so the the receptors that we have on the tongue can then, when it changes into something that one of those receptors can pick up, that's what um, that's what we taste as bitterness. And the, way, to... the way certain enzymes only break down certain things because that's it's the way they fits in the right hole. Yeah. yeah. And the and the you know the third grade understanding I have of of chemistry and biology. Was you say who thought we'd be learning be, chemistry today? Because I didn't. That may actually be the the right the right way to look at it. Now that you you say it like that, the it's like you have a square peg made of clay. And when you add heat, it isomerizes it and turns it into a circular peg that you can then put in the circular hole. I think it's, that's that's probably it's, a... it's like you have a square cube of water. You heat it up and then reshape it to what you need it to be. Ah, for the most part, yeah. Then you can put it in the way it needs to come. Yeah. All right. As brewers, like we... putting too much air into a balloon. All right. <laughs> or something else uh... when something bad happens. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> As brewers, we calculate bitterness using the volume of alpha acids added, the amount of time they are boiled, and the volume of the solution. The result is a number we call International Bitterness Units, or IBUs, which we refer to a lot on this show. Uh, there is no factor we have that discusses the quality of the bitterness, only its quantity, which that, I think, needs to be hashed out in the coming years. You'll you'll learn a little bit more about that in this next uh, paragraph, actually, on why that needs to be a thing. Okay, then. Uh, we do know from we, I'd research... I'd like to know more. Would you like to know more? Uh, we do know from research, however, that some alpha acids produce a more harsh bitterness than others. Isocumulone was shown to have a harsher flavor than humulone or adhumulone. Today, when you look for a suitable bittering varietal hop, uh, many brewers will search for low-cohumulone varietals to help smooth out the hop flavor. Old varietals, uh, like Brewer's Gold, may have nearly 50% of their alpha acids as cohumulone, while newer varietals, it, varieties, I got used to saying varietals. Uh, <laughs> Same, I'm very similar, yeah. Yeah, like Mosaic will have very low cohumulone levels, around 2.5%. Um, in addition, humulone is a compound in beer that is responsible for its antimicrobial, oh my gosh, Antimicrobial. Why am I wanting to put another R? (laughs) (sighs) Microbial (laughs) nature. This compound is being researched by medical communities for its additional cancer-fighting and antioxidant properties. Puh. (laughs) Today I learned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. T-I-L. I I knew this was going to be one of those episodes for me. Because, again, it's like, oh, yeah, I love hops. I love hops. What do you know about them? They they green. But they they grow awesome. on vines. I, yeah, I knew they, they grew on vines, not vines, and that was pretty much the extent. That. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, so beta acids. Let's move on down this list. Uh, have a long have long been thought not to contribute much to the flavor of beer. They're not soluble in water, and the heating process does not make them more soluble. Today, however, we know they will actually add some bitterness if the hops are allowed to oxidize prior to being used. The oxidized products uh, actually do not contribute a significant amount of bitterness. That said, oxidized hops have a poor flavor that most brewers would not want to use. 
Beta acids may actually bitter more during the fermentation, aging, and lagering stages. Yeah, so oxidized products do contribute a significant amount of bitterness, but it, it's not by heating. It is is by adding that oxygen. So the thought is that you put beta acids into a beer during the process of brewing, and they come out, and you taste it, and it tastes a certain level of bitterness. But then even aging that beer could make it more bitter um, as time goes on. So the alpha acids will die back, and the beta acids will actually come forward. Hmm. Um, hmm. There's some there's some cool thought about possibly using high beta acids so that a beer will will age a little bit better, um, and so that bitterness that you fa have fall out from the alphas will then come and you know you'll take it over with the betas. Well, just some cool stuff. Uh, in addition to <laughs> alpha and beta acids, a hop is made of many other aroma and flavor compounds. The odor compounds found in hops are quite varied, and yeah, you take a whiff of. Any two IPAs, and they are not going to smell anything alike. No. Right. Nope. Uh, quite varied, and even the ones we know know of now are too numerous to go over in a single podcast, but we will touch on the following compounds that have been known for a while. Oh, let's talk about hop oils. Hop oils are measured as a percent of the weight of the hop. When looking at the numbers for each individual oil, you'll see another percent. To get to that total amount of each compound you are adding to the beer, you have to multiply the percent of the hop, that is, oil times the percent of the oil that is in each particular oil type. Yeah, it's yeah. a little confusing. So <laughs> so here's an example. So let me let me look at, um, name a hop. Uh, citra. 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 <laughs> Everyone just shouts there. Citra. The one so, we know the most. We've said it enough. It's the first one that pops into our brain. And it's pronounced. It's good because citra is a high oil hop. So 2.2 to 2.8% of the hop is oil. Okay? Oh. Okay. And that's held in the, the lupulin glands on the, the hop is where most of that <laughs> wait, oil wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. Hops have glands? They do. Um, they do have glands. And it, the lupulin gland, it's where this yellowish powder kind of substance is. And that's the... Um, that's the lupulin, and that's thought, that's what I actually glands were strictly mammalian thing. <laughs> I guess not. They call them glands. I don't know if it's the same. It's probably not the same. Maybe one, it is, but it might be. Maybe under extreme duress, hops also produce adrenaline. Possibly. Maybe they're they're <laughs> afraid disturbing. of us. Uh, maybe they want to be in beer. Maybe that's uh, what they taste. It's their fear. So with a uh, with a citra hop. Um, there are, and, and here there are four examples that we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth. But um, the four oil types are myrcene, humulene, farcine, and carophylline. Um, these four hop oils, all in total, make up about 2.2 to 2.8 percent of the total oil in that hop. And then you go on down, and you've got of that 2.8 percent of the total weight. So say you had 100 grams. 2.2 to 2.8 grams is total oil. Then 60% of that would be mercine. So 60% of 2.2 to 2.8 grams would be mercine, if that makes sense. So when we when you look at hop charts, it'll say 60% this one oil. You got to take 60% of the 2% to get your oil actual oil content. Hmm. But yeah, oil and then them dare hops. There's oil in them there binds. Mm, better. It's a better line. <laughs> so, humulene is an essential oil that gets... I pronounced that right, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
is an essential oil that gives hops a woodsy or piney flavor. So West Coast uh, IPAs very much enjoy the effects of this. Yep. Mm. Uh, this is also the key flavor compound for noble hops. Some varieties, such as Hollertau Mittenfuhr. Woo! Man, we've gotten good at saying that one hop variety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, UK Kent Golding. Hey, Kent. <laughs> May contain 30% or more of their essential oils. UK Golding. That's just what you need to go by now. Kent Golding. <laughs> Make it up. No, okay. I'm going to start calling the club start calling it Del Noche Golding. De, yes, Del Noche Golding, right there. Uh, they contain 30% or more of their essential oils and humulene, but because humulene is a highly volatile and hydrophobic, only tr- yeah, hydrophobic, only trace quantities of it may actually reach the final beer. Wow. Yeah. So, um... What, just toss it uh, at the beer and it just bounces what does, that, no. what does that mean when it comes to an oil? That's just literally it won't mix with water, right? Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I oil, guess it sounds weird because it's like the oil is water. frightened of water. Yeah. Well, yep. it's uh, it's why I like one of my hoodies is that it's uh, hydrophobic. It actually, the, the way it's made, it just means they ball up on there instead of soaking into the thing and making me soaking wet. Huh. So, you know. All right. Like, it's uh, how I keep hydrophobic and hydrophilic separate in my brain. Interesting. Um, but let's continue on with the citra analogy here. So citra, um, humulene in citra is 11 to 13% of the oils, okay? Hmm. So you can kind of, if you know what citra smells like and what citra tastes like, then you can kind of see that 11 to 13% of that flavor is, is somewhere from the, the humulene. Um, eh, probably less than that, actually, but that's part of the oil. Myrcene, uh, when used Early in the boil provides a citrus fruit aroma, and when used late in the boil, it provides citrus and pine aroma. Mm. Um, this is found in higher qualities in New American style hops. These styles are best for probably dry hopping, actually. Uh, this is also a compound present in thyme, lemongrass, and cannabis. Um, mm. Yeah, hops and cannabis. Uh, we make. I, I can't remember if I've got this later on in here. I'll skip over it if I do. But um, same family underneath the same family of yeah. of plants. That makes yeah. sense, actually. So the the lemongrass thing reminds me. Uh, I imagine that this is probably something that's pretty prevalent in a um, uh, uh, local West Six brewery. They have their uh, lemongrass oh, yeah. wheat. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, during summertime is. Just a treat. That thing's didn't really intend good, yeah. to time. Didn't intend to rhyme there. No, no, Sorry. you did. Don't, don't you lie to me. I, I realized what was coming after I, like, like right at the word. I went, well, I've got to say it now. Yep. Um, so uh, the myrcene, you know, having those citrus qualities, you would expect citra to have a high amount of that in it, and it does. Sixty to sixty-five percent of the hop flavor in citra, or hop oils in citra, comes from myrcene. Hmm. Um, farcine or farnesine is oh, okay. a I say farce is a language <laughs> in the Middle East. Farnesine has a woody and herbal citrus aroma, sometimes described actually as floral. The compound itself is usually actually not found in beer unless the beer's been dry hopped with a variety that contain, contains very high amounts of farnesine. Um, this is found in varying amounts, but also very common in noble hops. So your noble hops are going to have a little bit more of this than your your traditional um, hops that uh, that you grow, you know. But you in, don't in the Americans. But you uh, don't normally notice it unless it's dry hopped. Yeah. So. Um, so as an example, 
Citra has 0% of farnesine in it. So there should be really no, none of this in the actual Citra hop. But Brittany, focus. <laughs> this is not Momo time. It's cats always. This is what cats do. Um, but hops like, uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to find a good one from um, uh, Hollow Tower, probably. Um, H. Probably Hollow Tower is the best one to probably go to. Um, now, let's see here. Sorry. I should have had one p- picked out earlier. Um, Fuggles. Ah, so Fuggles, Fuggles is an English hop that has 5 to 7% of the, this in it. The next best word ever. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe you. I believe the word is Fraggle. And I think you're <laughs> killing Fraggles to make beer now. Down and Fraggle hop. Down oh and Fraggle hop. That's why there aren't yes. any more Fraggles. Okay, if we did naming of episodes that was strictly based on content, like a lot of people do, yeah, it would be Fraggle Hop. Fraggle, yeah, Fraggle Hop. Let's be. Oh, that's one of the the latter's beers. Sorry, <laughs> Fraggle Hop. We need to put these. Yes, wasn't gonna that's be. The, that's the latter's. Give it to you. Well, no, that's the so the latter's IPA will be Fraggle Hop, and then Hop's gonna give it to you as the Imperial, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Caro Filin Filing. Wait, we have to sure. say something real quick. To the chat. M. Beam saying, ooh, canned beer. The entire industry is coming back down on the great properties of canned beer. Yeah. It's better for storage and whatnot. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, Cario Phylanine. Look it up. It looks like <laughs> Cario not going to work here anymore. Yeah. It looks uh, like Cario Filene. Is that right? That, that's the best any of us can come up with right there. Fine. Move on. Adds a spicy and what? Go for it. Adds a spicy and herbal character similar to humulene when boiled. Found heavily. This, this compound, exact compound, is actually found heavily in uh, clove, rosemary, and cannabis sativa oils. Mm. Um it also contributes to some of the spiciness of black pepper. This so you're is actually something that we find in uh, it's the is it is it a German style that has a very clove. Is it in Hefeweizen? Oh, so uh, no, no, uh, no. the f- clove flavor that you get in in a lot of your uh, beer, the clove flavor you get in beer um, is going to come more from the yeast than it oh, will okay. from the hop flavor. This is it's, such such a light flavor. It's that spicy herbal, but it's also found in cloves. So cloves have okay, 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 okay. Hundreds Sorry. of other components that make them taste like cloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, th- that's just another place where it's found. Uh, in citra hops, this is six to eight percent. So it's very low on the spicy herbal characters. Mm-hmm. Um, other than these main four essential oils, there are other compounds in hops that produce odors pleasant in beer. Um, keep in mind, these are where most of the 500-plus compounds in hops lie. It's kind of a catch-all category, uh, with the key joining factor be- being they make beer taste different. Um, so first off, you can go into linalules. Um, it's a tertiary alcohol of mericine. It's just another compound that's broken down from these oils that are in the hops. So the oil starts out, and then it's broken down into some of these alcohols. And by doing that, you you change the flavor by changing the shape, by changing the compound just a little bit. You change the flavor enough to where it tastes totally different. Um, it's a potent odorant in hops and beers. As an alcohol, it is more soluble in wort and beer than in its counterpart, mercy. So 
by changing the shape of it, you make it more soluble, which means you can actually taste it. Um, it takes very little of some of these things to for you to actually taste them, whereas some of the oils, it takes a lot of it for it to be there. Uh, linalool has a distinctive floral aroma reminiscent of roses as well as lavender or bergamot. It also has sort of a citrusy, woodsy note in there. Mm, I love bergamot. Um, uh, linoleum. Uh, yeah, supports I think my head. Ha- is related to linalool in, in the fact that the linoleum flooring, there's something that, that gives the, me something the two to words. believe. The ones that I'm going to talk about first are the, the word sounds like some of the things that are combined. And there's a reason for that. It's because these these words, these are compounds that have been known for a long time, and they were named after where they were found. Um, Like the next one, geranial, which sounds like geranium. (laughs) No, I was going to say geranial. Uh, it smells of roses and sweet floral aromas like geraniums. Uh, this aroma was bred out of hops completely, created in the 1970s, because many brewers thought this aroma was actually bad. Now this is becoming very popular in modern craft beers, and it's actually uh, being bred back into many uh, beers. Hmm. Um, it's an effective insect insect repellent. So the way you let me let me go back and say when it was bred out, that means that beers that were created in the 70s are likely to have less of it. Or sorry, right. hops that were created in the 70s were likely to have less of it. Hops yeah. that were created in, uh, so if you've got a, I don't know, um, Challenger was created in the 70s. So even though we have Challenger today, it's still not going to have this because it's genetically identical to what was made in the 70s. Mm. Same cutting. It's just been grown for this long. Bad taste. Um, anyone anyone going to go for that that joke? No? No? Okay. No? About, <laughs> uh, uh, is it a joke that popped in my head? Because no. No. <laughs> Not doing it. Same joke that came in my head. We'll leave that one lie. Let's move on. Sorry, Casey. Um, So the the hop varieties that are created now, people are putting more and more of this aroma. We're trying to get more and more of this aroma because it's what the the public wants. Um, So it's an effective insect repellent, but also it's an attractant to honeybees. Um, This is found heavily in hops like Citra, um, but isn't found, again, in Challenger, Sterling, Saws, Millennium, or German Magnum, which are um, German Magnum and Millennium are big bittering hops. <laughs> I'm picturing German Tom Selleck. <laughs> oh, ma- okay. Yep. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, okay. so German Magnum PI. Now yeah. it's with Magnum hops, we actually got an awesome, like a, what I want to consider a crash course in that last pack we had from Sierra Nevada oh, because yeah. it was, I think every beer was bittered exclusively with Magnum hops. Was it Magnum or yeah? Uh, was it? I don't think it was every one of them, but most, most of them, hmm. most. The stout wasn't, but all of the rest of them were. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it was a great like crash course in identifying you know Magnum hop used in bittering. So, moving on to the next uh, of these 500 plus flavoring components, <laughs> uh, terpenol. So it sounds like turpentine or also pine. And very much so, this is a woody-like aroma, similar to lilac, with smoked pine additions. Um, this is in your smoked um, smoked teas. This is one of those things that's in there. Um, and so these compounds are found in all kinds of different foods, but it's the combination of everything put together that makes them taste like pops. Um the next two are two of my favorite because they make sense on why they're named the way they are. Citrol and citronellol. 
Um, both separate compounds, but with different aromas. They fall inside the citrus family. They both have a sweet odor with hints of lemon, and they can both also be used for insect repellent. <laughs> now, at a certain point, we, uh, or we as a beer community and as a, a science community said, we cannot keep naming things by where we found them. We're just going <laughs> to run out of there's There's more than what we thought, you know. Oh, this smells like hops. And <laughs> 10 years later, you find out there's another 500 components there inside of a hop that you can't just name. Oh, this is hop smell. Um, so they started breaking things down into more of a uh, chemical name. And so ethyl 2 methyl propanate uh, rolls off the tongue completely. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's a mouthful to say, but I wanted to add it in because there's a lot of lot of these components that are very similarly named. Um, this is the aroma component most associated with pineapple in mm. beer. So although many of them are, are named, they're mostly named by the shape of the molecule instead of trying to st- describe the flavor. Like oh. geranol being like geraniums, we just said, oh, this one's ethyl 2 methyl propylate. And instead of saying, oh, this is pineapple all. So. <laughs> I would have preferred pineapple. Yeah, like, yeah, I would too. <laughs> I feel like they missed out on that one there. Yeah. Um, The aroma and flavor compounds in beer are not tasted alone, and that's one of the things to keep in mind. That's key to hop selection. Most of these aromas will change significantly to the drinker's perception as they are combined with other aromas. A pineapple just doesn't have the aroma of ethyl 2, whatever. Um, There are many compounds that make up this flavor. By knowing that what each compound does, however, you can likely pick these flavors out next time you kind of sit down with a single hop IPA. And that's what some of the best beer tasters in the world do. They don't say, you know, some of the best ones are able to say, oh, this smells like my grandmother's attic. Or this smells like that time I went to Peru and picked a, I don't know, Hawaii and picked a fresh pineapple and cut it open in the field. It's got that green. It's got the dirt. It's got, you know, you you talk about combined flavors and not just solo. That ethyl to isopropyl alcohol. But if you're a brewer or a brewing science person who's saying, I want to make a beer that tastes like pineapples, you go out and search for a hop that is high in that compound. And then at that point, you can bring it back in and say, okay, I like this flavor. This is what I was looking for. So why do we use hops in so many different parts of the brewing process? And that really Ryan Heiskaboot. Ryan Heiskaboot. No. Um, go talk hops to in uh, general, yeah. Calgione. What's up? Say go talk to Calgione about that. He uses <laughs> hops sure. and uh, he's making up processes to just really get is. more hops into the beer. He's like, I'm going to yep. find a way to cram more in there. Yep. And and you got uh, you've got the torpedo from uh, yes. Sierra Nevada, where they're trying to, they just w- didn't have enough space in their tanks to um, put hops on those beers over a long period of time. So they were like, okay, we'll make the torpedo to make this faster. I like to imagine that it's, they, they tried doing it like stuffing a pepper, but they just stuffed all the other ingredients into hop and then just tried to brew it from there. Like, no. <laughs> so that's, I hate to do it, but shameful plug. Go check out our episode we did on uh, Sierra Nevada because we went in-depth on this, on the torpedoes and what that entails. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat and really cool to see the Frankenbrew is still alive and well on a national level. Um, so the the fact that we use most of these beers at various different parts comes to trying to match the chemistry up with what we want that flavor to be. Uh, chemistry of heat, the isomerization, the oxidation, 
um, and what we're trying to do with that hop. So some of the compounds we mentioned are specifically changed when heat is added. Alpha acids are isomerized um, or changed into iso-alpha acids. Makes them more bitter, but also more soluble. Beta acids need to be oxidized before they can really be tasted. Flavor compounds are sometimes destroyed with heat, and so they're boiled off and they're, they evaporate out. Um, and that's why we add hops at different stages of the brewing process. To get more bitterness in a beer, you add hops early in the process. To get more flavor and more um, more aroma, you add them later in the process. If it's something that's really uh, volatile, you add it after the heat's turned off or after the beer's cold and you put them on dry hops. Um, so there's a lot of things there. And and in the chat, Mr. Bean goes into um, – goes into beer head retention and hops and yeah there's a there's some uh good science out there that we didn't include in today's episode but there's some good science about hop varieties that increase head head retention there's some that out there that um will actually help build and stabilize some of the um the the head on that beer so you get the foam up and then it kind of helps it stay there and then there's a lot of hop things that will actually decrease head retention, which is really interesting. The fact that, um, you know, you put oil onto some, uh, a beer and it will, you know, basically flat that beer out. Uh, there's a lot more that we can go into on this topic, but you should actually just probably grab the book. It's called for the love of hops. Um, it's by Stan Hieronymus and it's actually probably one of the best books, the, the best, the whole series, there's a water, there's a malt, there's a um, hops, and there's a yeast book. And they're say, written by people that I would say probably are some of the best known and best researched individuals on those individual topics in the homebrewing world, but also in the beer world, period, in the beer journalist role. Um, so if we quoted the sources we referenced in the show, that would probably be uh, mostly from this book. But we probably just scratch maybe one percent of what the book talks about today. Yeah, we don't so have time to a... just do an audiobook version, which we could do and may I mean that'd be for something fun in the future, maybe. What I don't a great know. Patreon goal. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I've got so I've got the book pulled up on, on the on the stream for those interested. Um, it's also the same cause so on our website, haveadrinkshow dot com, uh, we've also got on our great resources page the um, the Amazon link for the yeast one, I believe. And then um, I feel like another one, too, but I don't remember. Basically, you can go to our great resources and just build your Amazon, like, wish list. You can just put, like, here. oh, my here. my beer reading wish list. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, the four, yeah, the, what is the, so the Brewers, the Brewer Public, Brewers Publication from the Brewers Association is the one that puts this out. Um my copy, uh, you know, humble brag. You know, I've got a signed copy of this one specifically. <laughs> Ooh, haven't you yes. done well? I know. Um, and so, I, I'm I'm partial to these four books. I think they're really good. There's some others out there um, that are good. About I got them around here somewhere. If you're interested in IPAs, uh, Mitch Steele. Anybody realize uh, who who that is? That's the head brewer from Stone Brewing. Um, and then also the chemistry, he, he had an IPA book and then the chemistry of beer, uh, by Robert Barth. Uh, he, this is a textbook for beer courses. And so oh yeah, there, it really, when we talk about all the shapes and changing of, of how things happen inside the brewing process, this guy's got diagrams page after page to go through that. So, um, if you're into that sort of stuff, uh, that's pretty much the, the, the four, five six books that i would go to casey 
We yes. uh, Gnome has just shown up. He needs a recap. The mm. entire episode to this point. Hops. <laughs> hops. So, yeah, um, hops. <laughs> Basically, there are six components in hops that we really like to talk about. Um, alpha acids add bitterness. Beta acids, we don't know what the hell they do just yet, but we're pretty sure that they, they will be researched fairly soon. Um, you've got myrcene, um, you've got, which is uh, mer- your hop oils, which uh, you've got myrcene, cumulene, farinacine, and carophylline, and then probably one other category is a catch-all for the 500-plus compounds that add aromas to beer. So hops have all these things. Hops are good. Hops yay. Hops, hops yay. Hops yay. Uh, yes. Speaking of hops, I think we've got some drinks that have hops in them. Yes, we Ooh. do. Drink with me, friend. I, um, I'm actually on my second one. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I finished this long ago. You don't um, want to know what I'm on. Uh, so... This I I really I t- actually I think I talked about this on the last uh, episode, but um, I'm really liking this. This is the new. Um, you drank the it? last one, by the way. Again? Did I really? Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> she's not. We're but buying that's okay. more. No, she's not. I'm not. But uh, so this is this is the voodoo new voodoo ranger from uh, New Belgium, and it's the juicy haze IPA. So mm. basically, it's New Belgium's New England style IPA. Um, it's delicious, first of all, but so, uh, it's at seven and a half percent ABV, 50 IBUs. The beer advocate score is 3.82 out of five, which isn't too bad. And then, uh, the description says it's packed with bright tropical aromas and brilliant citrusy flavors. This unfiltered IPA wraps up with a pleasantly smooth finish, which I think is accurate. Um, now if, if, if people haven't had too many of the New England style. Um, you'll also see them labeled as like NE for short. Um, there, there's less hop Neon? bitterness involved, but um, they, they're they're described often as juicy for a reason. Like it's it's, I don't know. It's, it's like to, juice. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's it's very thick and hazy and and. <laughs> Sorry, I just know. I was like, oh, that explains all the sweatpants. <laughs> What? <laughs> Sorry, I just entertained myself. <laughs> Apparently, Justin gets it as well. Okay. Yeah, he's. Let's move on. You guys, I swear to God. Uh... <laughs> See, my brain to entertain itself was going to an O.J. Simpson joke, and went, you know what? Best to leave that one on the table. Just keep that where Fair. it was. Fair enough. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But no, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the New England style IPAs. Um, I think this one's really good. I've had, I've had better ones, but um, this is one of the few of the you know the bigger guys kind of try, bigger craft guys rather trying um, this style, and I think they did a good job. Um, so I, I I would recommend at least trying it if you can find it. I, we've we've seen six packs of it everywhere. So if you get um, like the regular distribution of New Belgium stuff, then you should be able to find it. All right. Well, so I'm trying to do this the best way possible. Um, the hop that I would assume that that is bittered with is probably going to be 
It's got Citra, Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, and Nugget. I'm going to assume that it's probably the Nugget that they've bittered with. So for your information, Nugget has an alpha acid of 11 to 14%, a total oil concentration of 0.9 to 2.2%, and a cohumulone rate of 22 to 30%. So um, just so you know about how much of the cohumulone is it, of, of how much of that hop is cohumulone, um, so you can kind of taste the harshness versus what that, that hop is supposed to be. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Is that... Um Sorry, now, now that you're saying that, I'm like, where is that? Okay, they have that all on the website, so that's nice. Yeah, so yep. uh, in the chat, they're talking about uh, having gone through all the other voodoos, but uh, the Haze one is new. Yes, that one is brand new. Yeah, and I think you, it what, came out like last month. Yeah, say? it's just it's only been out on the market a month, and you definitely need to track it down. It is so it's one of these first of national brewers going into the New England Haze craze. And it's it's a solid entry. Now it's not equivalent to getting a tree house or something like that, but they are solid New Englands. I think they are representations of the style. Oh, and then just for honorable mention, sorry, Bob, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like ruining your thing. Stepping uh, all over him, <laughs> but because you're next, um, I I did grab a second one, and this is the last one of this one. But you had all the other ones, so whatever. I didn't even have any of that one. You did too. No, that was the only one. <laughs> She's stealing my beers. Whatever. I'm glad my wife is a mixed drinks She's gal. She's stealing my beers out of the fridge. I grabbed that one to do for a I ritual ma- misery. I haven't made I haven't you. made Ashley a cocktail in so long. Um, today cocktail on the list. Today's cocktail on the list was a um, what was it? It was Malibu coconut rum with pineapple juice and blue curacao. Oh, okay. Over ice with a float, uh, a sinker, I guess, of uh, the grenadine. Oh, yeah, so grenadine, like a blue grenadine, sunrise or something. Blue sunset. There you go. Blue That's sunset. how I name it. When 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 my when my floater drops, it's like sunset. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so the, this is the um, uh, okay, the Uinta Rise and Pine. Um, it does kind of still relate. It's a hoppy dark ale um so this is brewed with juniper and piney hops um Pretty, of course it still relates it has hops because it's a beer um but i mean as far as like the really hoppy stuff is concerned why didn't we have an extra one of our uh last coffee stout i don't know because it was the highest ibu of the, a pack of That's beers true. that was mostly ipas and that was oh, crazy to i me. would buy that pack again just for that beer <laughs> that sierra nevada oh my gosh okay anyway Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I keep... Okay. <laughs> no, no, you can keep staring off in the distance. It's fine. We'll, we'll wait. Sorry. No, uh, so um, I am on multiple beers, but I've got all the same beers. Uh, I bought a six-pack of this today because, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just want to buy more than just one beer. Mm. One it's, beer amongst a six-pack. It's a damn fine uh, beer. Well... I grabbed Founders uh, Azaka. I'm also drinking from the bottle because I'm a heathen, and I really, really didn't want to walk to go pick up a glass. Because um, Azaka, Azaka. Uh, <laughs> well, it's Azaka from Founders, and it's there. Uh, it's an India Pale Ale, around seven percent ABV, seventy. Oh, pardon, seventy IBUs. Beer Advocate score of three point nine out of. Uh, that doesn't look right. They do it out of five. 
Apparently I miskit mistyped and put four. So there's your other typo for those of you drinking along at home with the new drinking <laughs> game we made up earlier this show. Um, their description says, named after the Haitian god of ag- agriculture, Azaka Hop has an inti- intense. <laughs> intense. <laughs> <laughs> I like the off-mic Chris just cackling. Um, The intense tropical aroma uh, with hints of citrus and mango. Uh, A touch of caramel uh, malt gives a sweet backbone to support the righteous fruit character of this beer. Pouring uh, burnt orange color and registering at 7% ABV, your taste buds will worship this heavenly hopped delight. Um, I don't get much much of the mango... Uh, really, it, there's there's some hints of citrus. It's a lot of a lot of of uh, solid bittering hops, I guess. But it, I enjoy it. It's a nice it's a nice IPA. It it it's really hitting the spot, and I'm glad I've got like four uh, four four or so more in there for now. That's probably one of my favorite founders beers. So yeah, when so, we went for uh, CBS tapping at Jungle Gems, it was they did a founders pint night. And when they always do that, they do they'll do like a base beer for like three dollar pints. Azaka, this was the beer they did for three dollar pints. I was blown away because not only did I get to have a pour of CBS, I got three dollar pints of Azaka all mm-hmm. night. I was like, holy hell, this is awesome because Azaka <laughs> is a seasonal from them, and I love this. This was the first IPA that I absolutely fell in love with. I will say I had a Sophie's choice when I was deciding which pack to buy. It was this. Or this, or a four pack of the Sumatran Brown. Oh, that's a good point. You chose poorly, sir. I <laughs> no, this, no. This, this, this the was, Sumatran this Brown. Was, oh. This was cheaper for more beer. Well, well three dollar well, pints of a seven percent beer. First off, that's a good deal. That's a oh good yeah, deal. that deal. Like I'm saying, that <laughs> night no was joke. awesome. Uh, but yeah, I. I was decided. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be back here next week. I'm going to pick up that Sumatran Brown then. But right now. I was in the mood for Azaka. But and you got you got the bottles? You saw Yeah. Okay. You can get it in fifteen packs of cans. Yeah. I, I, I saw. Like... I saw. They were <laughs> they was behind me, but I look, I have finite fridge space and I can fit the right. six pack the, of bottles that, better than I can cans. That is the true struggle, sir. <laughs> Only so much room in that fridge. You gotta fit some food in there. Um so the Azaka hop that is key for that beer specifically. Mm-hmm. Um comes from uh, Washington, the U.S., formerly known as number 48483. Uh, Zaka is high in um, intense tropical aromas, citrus, very ripe mango, notes of orchard fruit like pears and apples, and pine needles throughout. Hmm. It actually has a cocumulone percent of 38 to 45. Alpha acids in the 14 to 16% range, so quite high on that end. Um I was gonna say, yeah, it's 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 more bitter than other IBUs oh. I've had with higher technical IBU scores. Exactly, oh. and that's the that's what we'll have to do: bitterness versus IBUs. Well, we're gonna have to do an episode on that. We're because we, for example, more dogfish heads, dogfish heads like ninety minute, I believe, taste much smoother than this. I would I would totally see okay, that. So yeah, that that's gonna be our like third beer science episode or something. Then you know. <laughs> um. Also, we didn't talk about this, but there is such a thing as the American Dwarf Hop Association that is looking to brew hops that are 
smaller height wise so that they're easier to pick for home growers and then they, they they're shorter hops so they may go 10 feet instead of the normal 20 30 feet or something along those lines um huh. the varieties that are brewed that way were summit um azaka jarilo and peco and i've actually got some peco here in front of me that oh. we got in it's 2015's hop uh harvest but um the the pecos are more of a i don't know it says a melon pineapple pears kind of saws like with cucumber mm. and mint that sounds fine mm. yeah but they're <laughs> dwarf varieties and so dwarf varieties grow to you know eight feet 10 feet 12 feet and you can pick them at home without having to you know get a 20 foot ladder to do it so that's, that, that's cool. a big bonus there all right okay. um so for what i'm drinking do we have my intro Great radio. It is. Okay. I am drinking Hop Slam. <laughs> I'm, I Come swear. on and slam. If if you you that's all I wanted, but she's like, no, I'm going to play the whole opening. I was like, I only wanted. Okay. But uh, uh, but it turned out it worked out really well. Uh, so I, I'm just going to buy this song one day and add it to the soundboard. Because every year, I'm just gonna give every up. year, I'm going <laughs> to demand it be played. Because I also wanted the, hey, you, what you going to do? Hey, you, what you going to do? So, yes, I'm drinking Bell's Brewings, uh, as mentioned in News Story. (laughs) Hop Slam out of Michigan. So, there's no IBUs for this. Someone please tell me how that is a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So, the ABV on Hop Slam is 10%. This is an American uh, Double or Imperial IPA. So, you're going to have on the notes from the brewery, starting with six different hop varietals added to the brew kettle and culminating with a massive dry hop edition of Simcoe Hops, Bell's Hop Slam Ale possesses the most complex hopping schedule in the Bell's repertoire. Selected specifically because of their aromatic qualities, the Pacific Northwest varieties contribute a pungent blend of grapefruit, stone fruit, and floral notes, a generous malt bill, and a solid dollop of honey to provide just enough body to keep the balance in check, resulting in a remarkably drinkable rendition of the Double India Pale Ale style. Yeah, I've been through, like, over half a pack of it. Yeah, he's just been, like, pouring the cans. I've had had one can earlier. By the way, Untapped has 70 IBUs. That that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I wasn't a huge fan of that before as much, but like uh, this year's tastes really good, actually. So homebrew versions of this beer are uh, pushing 93 IBUs, but at home I don't think we get the same amount of mm. of results from from doing that as you do at the big breweries. Yeah, we have to we have to put more IBUs technically into it to get the same flavor back out. Mm. Oh, but um, delicious. So, I got to say, yeah, it comes across with all those flavors you want. It's so hoppy. That's, again, I got, like, if you're Amos, probably stay away from this one since you're not so much <laughs> about IPAs. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and say, like, Del Noche and everyone else I know that's, like, you know, an IPA fan, you need to dig your dig your nose into some hop slam. It's not super bitter, though. Like, it, it I've, I've had much. The like, honey sweetens it out yeah, and mellows it. It's much better. So, 
um, in that that same vein, we've been talking cohumulones in some higher levels. And so I think Bob Zazaka was in the 20-somethings. Um, Simcoe cohumulone level is 15 to 20 percent. And so you can have lower cohumulone levels to make this taste more or sorry, less aggressive. And yeah. so you actually will get uh, a better hop flavor and a little bit of, of less aggressive bitterness. So like I say, that's been great so far for this episode in understanding how these flavors are coming across to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If only my brain wouldn't immediately forget them. I know, right? <laughs> well, if you only remember that cohumulone, right now at least, cohumulone uh, the, the is the, the most, the most the harsh. Yeah, the thing is, it's the thing I'm going to probably most remember out of the episode. Harsh but, of a buzz. Uh, I mean, it's it's no, uh, one of those things I always black out on. Esters and phenols? We've lost him. <laughs> He's no you good to us. It. Yeah. So, Casey, what are you drinking? Yeah. So, I'm drinking Flying Dogs, The Truth, the double IPA. I don't know how long this has been oh, out, but I feel yeah. like it's it's not Flying been long. Dog. I've never the, had that The one. bottle art, I mean, looks like Trump, so it can't be too long, right? So, Flying oh. Dog has done us on the show no wrong. Pretty much. No yeah. wrong. We have only had fantastic beer from Flying Dog. Mm. It They have been amazing for us. Um, The... Double IPAs, 8.7% ABV, 80 IBUs. Yep. Uh, sharp hop bitterness begins with a pine. On the nose, evolves into bright citrus and subtle stone fruit flavors. Comes in with most of the malt being two-row, with the specialties being Munich, acidulated, and malted wheat. So not a whole lot of extra flavor malts there. Most of the stuff's coming from, uh, you know, you put a good clean base there, and you got a little bit of uh, hop flavor on top of it. So Warrior uh, is the main bittering hop with Summit. Come out C- and play. <laughs> we didn't talk about CTZ, but we did talk about how hops are all genetically identical. CTZ is a shortened phrase for Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. No matter what hop you get out there, if it is named Columbus Tomahawk or Zeus, they are so similar in, in that they are just called CTZ hops and they can be purchased basically one's the same as the other. And I don't know personally if they are literally the exact same genetic material that's just been marketed three different ways, or they were created. I know they were created all about the same time. And maybe these hops are just so similar because that's what people were looking for. You can just use them interchangeably. It also has citrus, sorry, citra and amarillo in there. Hmm. Um, it is. It says sharp hop bitterness, and so I wanted to look up Warrior and see because that's probably the bittering hop. Um, twenty-two to twenty-six percent cohumulone. Um, so that's that's probably mm-hmm. very much so the um, the sharpness that you're going to get there. How and is so, it? I like it. I mean, it is much more bitter than what I'm usually drinking. Um, Eighty right. IBUs tastes like lately you've usually IBUs. been drinking. I say, lately you've been usually drinking whiskey, so well, I mean I'm on. I've drank two of them before oh, yeah. the show, and so now I'm on to some uh, Eagle Rare. So oh okay. yeah, for those keeping yeah, track at home, whiskey stuff. is the low carb diet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like drinking whiskey. I don't know about you guys, uh, but yeah, yeah so. I still I, I still can't wait for that bourbon tasting episode. By the way, mm, yeah, um, we got some good ideas coming along the line. So um, I think if if everybody else is good. Here's here's a couple things where you can kind of come in 
and uh, give us a few ideas on what you would like us to do next. You can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for some useful links and info about us. But if we're not really interesting, we've also got some great info about other things, including book book ideas if you want to check out some of these books um also look for have a drink show on your social media apps twitch.tv and youtube uh don't forget you can tell us your favorite drink ask a question or just leave some general feedback you can use the email drink email address feedback at have a drink show.com you can also use our discord uh patrons have exclusive access to the bar uh but i think we've got a topics tab that everyone's able to get to right yeah yes. anybody who's in there yeah yeah, anyone that's in the Discord can can use that, and it's got uh, if you got a question, you got ideas, or if you just wanted to have you know, just talk around with us, we're usually there. It's on my phone, so yeah, I, me too. <laughs> yeah, throughout the day at work, happy to happy to jump in there and and have a good conversation every now and then about beer or whiskey or whatever. It's it's been a little bit of everything. So yeah, we're not yeah. just a beer show. It's, it's, it's been awesome. Like it's just been a good middle of the day. Discussion. Yeah, it's. So when we started the show, we always wanted somewhere for a community to gather, and finally we have that place, and it is so great to see that you all have actually come together there. So anybody, just putting it out there, anyone can come to our uh, our little thing, shindig we've started there at the bar. Yeah, but the yeah anybody can get in the Discord, but it, you have to be a, a patron to get into certain channels. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That'll be where we do like the quarterly hangout and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, in order we... to see uh, gnarly gnomes profile, <laughs> oh. side yeah. profile. If you want to see uh, gnarly gnomes' true identity, you can uh, get in there. No, it's I don't a, think we it's actually a glass put a of beer. <laughs> that was a strategically taken picture. Yeah, they're yes. all really. All right, yeah. guys, I am on hop slam number four. So all joking and fun aside, <laughs> gonna remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Uh, I am drinking. Just stay home and, and pet the cat. Yeah, exactly. I am, I am drinking and petting a cat. So if will... you have if you have the Momo, I highly recommend. <laughs> yes. mm. All right, uh, the check Momo us out. is on the couch. Is she? Yes. Oh, yeah. Check she, us out she for owns post, couch show. Now. post show. Will be um, all Momo. Yeah. <laughs> check us out next Saturday for our next live episode, and remember to check out patreoncom have a drink show. Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. Or in the post show. Yeah. Casey Price sniffing the hop nuggets. Dig your nose in, Casey. You can peck that right there. Oh, yeah. Get it in there deep. Two, uh, two ounces of pre rolled hops are <laughs> medically sealed. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>